You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's in prison in Rome. He's being persecuted for his belief. And when he writes this letter, he understands that his death is very near. He's alone in a cold, cold dungeon. And as a veteran missionary, he writes this letter of encouragement to his beloved son in the faith his spiritual son named Timothy. And so he writes the second letter and he tells them this in chapter 4, verses 13 on down. He writes to him and he says, When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Bring my scrolls and, and especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Verse 16. At my first defense, no one came to my support. But everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Verse 17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom, to him be glory forever and ever. I'm sure that there were times in the life of Paul when he would have probably retreated. He would have probably given up. But on the greatest moments that he finds himself in such a hard situation, I believe he encouraged himself and convinced himself, I must go on. And if there's a theme that I would give today to this message is, I must go on. I know you have plenty of reasons to give up, I know you have plenty of reasons to throw in the towel. I know you have plenty of reasons that you could say enough is enough. Paul had plenty of those reasons. And if there was anyone that really had the right to really give up through everything that he went through in life, it would be him. But he's determined that he, he must go on. And I'm here to tell you there are times in your life, even as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, there are going to be times that you're going to feel like giving up, feel like 
turning around and retreating. There's, there's going to be times when you're going to feel like, is it really worth it all? And you're going to ask yourself that question, and you're going to feel like just, hey, drop everything. There's some reasons why we feel like giving up. Number one, I would say people. The people you deal with. The people you encounter. The people that you work with. They can be enough reason to say, I'm done. Uh, problems that you face. The problems that come in life that many of them are not expected and come unexpectedly. Those things could be the reason for you to say, that's it, I'm giving up. The pressures that we live in, in society, the financial pressures that we live in and have can be reasons to say, enough is enough, I'm done. Maybe even where you are right now and where you're living and, and where you're working and, and the atmosphere, the ambience of where you are, those things can pressure you to, to say, I'm done, I'm giving up. But like I said, if there was anyone that had reason to give up was Paul. Paul had been stoned. Paul had been shipwrecked. Paul had been left for dead. Paul had been persecuted. Paul had been put in chains. Paul had been betrayed by his own people. Paul had, had, had gone many days without eating and many days without drinking anything, not because he was in a fast, but basically because he was going through hard times. If there was anyone that could have said, Here's the model I'm leaving you and give up would have been Paul. But in many of his scriptures, he writes and he says, be an imitator of me as I am of Christ. In many of his bad situations, all things work out for the good for them to love God. This is Paul going through situations, adversities, and he's writing these things that I know that all these things have been working for my good. And Paul today would tell us all, there's a reason why you must keep going on. There's a reason why you cannot, and I'll give you, Paul would be able to say, and this is what he's telling Timothy, look, I I'm about to die here. I I'm about to be executed. But, but there are reasons why, Timothy, you shouldn't give up. And I believe these reasons apply to us, and there's reasons why you must keep going on. The first reason we would find it in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, where he says the following. He says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. He's saying, Timothy, I, I want you to understand something. I want you to know that you must keep going on even though people forsake you. Not everybody's going to pay you good for good. If there was anyone that had help, it was Paul. He had won so many people to Jesus Christ. He had ministered to so many people. He had helped, clothed, and fed so many people. But now in his hour of need, now in his 
hour where he needs someone now to do him a favor and be there for him, nobody shows up. And I'm here to tell you that there'll be times in your life where you'll find yourself by yourself. Where you'll find yourself that you'll call your best friend and they're not going to answer. Where you're going to call and look for the pastor and text and you're not going to get a response when you need it. That you're going to look and call for a leader of the church and you're not going to find them. There's going to be times when you're going to look for somebody that you were there for them and you'd like for them to be now there for you in your times of hardships, in your times of of crisis and nobody is going to be there. You were a friend. You loved them. You ministered to them. You were faithful to them. But now, they're nowhere to be found. But you got to keep going on. Can you imagine Jesus? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's so anguished because of the next hours that are coming where he'll have to die a brutal and cruel death on a cross. He takes his disciples to help pray for him. And when he comes back, he finds his disciples like they could care less because they're asleep. He's in agony. I need your support. I don't know if I can deal with this. I don't know if I could go through this. I'm getting moments of doubt. Yes, even moments of doubt because Jesus, when he prayed, he says, if it's possible, can you make this cup pass from me? If there's another way that I can do this, because what I see, what I'm going to go through, the nails that are going to pierce me, the spear that's going to go through me, the beating that I'm going to endure, the flesh that will be ripped from my back. If there's another way of going through this, let this cup pass by me, but th- from me. But then he says, but not my will, your will be done. And when he turns around to find his support team, they're all asleep. Can, can, you, can you imagine that? If Jesus would have given up when he saw his disciples asleep, there wouldn't have been a Calvary. There wouldn't have been his crucifixion. There wouldn't have been his blood that has forgiven us, has cleansed us. But even in the midst of all of that, he understood, I must go on. I must Go on. Tell somebody that's next to you. I, I, I know you've gone through some stuff. I, go, I know you've had your share of drama, but this is not the time to quit. This is a time where you must keep going on. You must go on. You must move forward. Even when people forsake you. And you're going to have a lot of that. And some of the own people that are going to forsake you are going to be people that carry your own last name. Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, you you, you got to keep going, Timothy. You can't let what's happening to me and what's going to happen to me discourage you. I've lived my season and for my time, and, and my hour will come just like yours, but you've got to live for your generation and live for your season of life and live for your moment. And, and, and these are some of the things that you're going to have to learn that you must keep going on because people are going to forsake you. People are going to turn their backs on you. People are not going to be there when you want them to be there. Can you imagine? This is the third, basically, time that he's asking for somebody to come to visit him and nobody shows up. At my first defense, nobody was there. Hello? I mean, 
Even the world is better than that. The dude killed five people, but he has his, his, he has his posse there in court just kind of like, we're with you, man, and we know what you did, but, but we just want you to know we're here by you. Here's Paul, an apostle, and in his first defense, he looks to the crowd, and there's nobody there out of the thousands of people that he might have ministered and helped, and nobody's there. Nobody shows up. A good moment to say the heck with this. But he's writing to Timothy, and he says, you can't do that. you got to keep going on. you got to keep, keep going on. The, the second thing that he would say is, you've got to go on, and, and you, in order to go on, you're going to have to have and learn what forgiveness is all about. Forgiveness. I'm in verse 16. He says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Listen to what it says. May it not be held against them. What's that? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I'm trying to be good, but they're dogging me. I'm trying to be, do good, but, but they're talking bad about me. I'm talking, trying to do right, and, and, and I'm being thrown under the bus. I, you know, he's, Paul is saying life is not all that nice. And you're going to have people do you wrong. As long as you can breathe, you, it's an opportunity for somebody to do you wrong. How do you deal with that? It's called forgiveness. He goes, man, do you know what it is, Timothy, to show up in your first defense? I've been writing letters. Uh, people know where I'm at. People that I help. People that, and now in my first defense, there's nobody there. Is there a right? Do I have a right to be mad? Yes. Do I have a right to be angry? Yes. Do I have a right to hold a grudge? Yes. Do I have, yeah, you might have all those, but, but when you're in Christ, there's one thing that you learn, and it's you learn not to hold on to that, nor to convert yourself into fertile ground of resentment seeds and, and grudge seeds, but that you learn to forgive and say, God, I forgive them. I know they hurt me. I know they did me wrong. I know they just they, 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 they gave their backs on me when I needed them the most, but I forgive them. Paul says, throughout my life, I had so many people do me wrong. I had so many people that, that, that when I did good, they did bad. I have so many people that forgot what I had done for them. And in my first defense, you'd think they'd show up. But they didn't. And I could have harbored that. I could have gone to the grave with that. But I've learned to forgive just like God has forgiven me. I've learned to forgive. He says, Demas has forsaken me. He, he says, Titus, a good friend, but he's too busy. He, he's ministering. And, 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 and now I, I, I have the situation where I, I could be angry and I could hold a grudge. But, but the mark of a great person, the mark of a great Christian is that he or she knows how to forgive and not only knows how to forgive, but eventually with God's help, you learn to forget. And Paul is saying that I, I don't want anything, it goes, to be held against them. I don't want anything to be held against them. I, I, I forgave them. 
And many times you're going to feel betrayed by the people that you love and the people that you've helped and the people that you've shown concern for and they're going to betray you. You got to learn to forgive. Can you imagine Jesus if he would have had this attitude of not forgiving? Again, he would have never gone to the cross. Because the whole purpose of the cross was, Father, the very first statement he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Let me clear that fight. They knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. What Jesus is referring to is that they don't know who I really am and why I have come. But you'll have people that are going to crucify you. You have people that are going to throw you under the bus. You have people that, that are going to do you wrong. You have people that you helped, and in that help, they, they became better and got better jobs and, and got better careers than you did. And now when you need their support and you need their help, they're the least people that are willing to extend a hand. And, and so you're going to have to forgive in life. That's part of life, learning to forgive. Not to forgive. I, I, I hope you remembered last uh, message that I preached about Manassas and Joseph naming his son. That my, God, God let me to forgive my father's house. In life, you're going to learn. And you're going to have to learn to forgive not once, not twice. But until you die, you're going to have to learn to forgive. Not to forgive is to hold yourself hostage, not them. Not to forgive. The Bible says if you don't forgive your brothers or if you don't forget, forgive them their, their sins, nor will your heavenly Father forgive yours. And so Paul is saying, Timothy, I, I know you're young and you got your life ahead of you. Mine's done. But if I can give you one last sermon, it would be that. You got to keep going on. Even when people forsake you, you got to keep going on even through forgiveness. You're going to have to learn to forgive. And I know that's tough. I know that's hard. But then he says, you must go on because you got to understand that even though people forsake you and even though they hurt you, verse 17 says this, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. He's saying, Timothy, you're going to have people that are going to hurt you. You have people that are going to abandon you. You have people that are going to turn their backs on you. You have people that are going to throw you under the bus. You have people that are going to mess. I'm telling you, you're going to have to learn to go on, even though they're not there. You're going to have to learn to go on, forgive them. He goes, but you need to keep going on because you're really not by yourself. God's with you. Paul is saying, the only reason I can write you this letter, the only reason I can give you this word of encouragement is because God is with me. If God would not be with me, there's no way I'd be writing you this letter, Timothy. 
if God would not be with me? Do you think that, the, that, that I would be writing you what you need to do? I would have told you, if you can get back at him, get back at him. If you can get revenge, get revenge while you can. I, I would, but God is with me. I'm not by myself, and I'm not going to live here forever. None of us are. Our heavenly home is our eternal home. And unfortunately, here on earth, you're going to go through some bad times, some bad seasons. You're going to meet some good friends that will be good while you're talking to them but you turn your back and they're going to stab you and you're going to go through all of that Timothy but you've got to keep on going on because this salvation your friend didn't buy it for you this salvation your mama didn't buy it for you this salvation your boss didn't buy it for you this salvation came from God himself who gave his son Jesus and as long as you serve him even when you feel alone you're not alone God is there with you and so you're going to have to keep on going on because understand you've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. You've got a friend that's not lost any battles even when the enemy thought that he had beat him for three days. He was in the grave. Three days he was messing up hell under, under the grave for three days. He was preaching to those who had been imprisoned before his coming and for three days he did that and on the third day he took back the keys of, the, of, of hell and the grave and defeated the enemy I'm here to let you know you've got a friend that is a conqueror, a friend that's never lost a battle, and a friend that promised to be with you even to the ends of the earth. So he's telling Timothy, I mean, let, let, me, t let me see if I can put this picture a little bit better. Timothy is like a son to Paul. Paul is about to die. He doesn't have cancer. He's not going to die of a heart attack. He's not going to die because he has lupus or, or he has this other disease. Paul is basically, you could say, healthy. How he's going to die is because of his faith. And they're going to chop his head off. That's enough for Paul to be able to say, the heck with this. How much more his son, Timothy, spiritual son, to be able to say, God's going to allow you to die like that? That, I mean, some of us get fair warning. What do you mean? Yeah, you know, Paul, tomorrow we're cutting your head off. But some of us get fair warning um, we just found out that your mom or your dad has, has cancer. Uh, he has probably, with chemo and everything, probably has about two years. Hello? And even like that, regardless of how much time they give a loved one, even like that, we're not ready to see a loved one depart. People have fallen into depression. People have thrown the Christianity away because of the loss of a loved one. But it shows the shallowness of how, how shallow our roots are in what we believe in God. Because at the end of the day, none of us are going to live here forever. Our decision to serve Jesus Christ is to live in heaven forever. That's where forever is going to be. 
And here is Paul trying to explain to his son, Timothy, Timothy, you, you've got to go on. I know I'm in prison, and, and, and I know, but, but you've got to keep on going on. This isn't the last of it. You may not see me here in, in a few weeks or so, but we'll see each other in heaven again because that's what we live for. We die for that, and we live for that. But, but, but Timothy, you've got to keep going on even when I'm not there. It continues with you. You've got to continue going and moving on because you've got to understand and God is with you. You're not by yourself, but I want you to know you've got to keep going on because you've got people following you. This is more than about you and me, Timothy. The life that we live is about more. It's way much more than you and me. The life that we live as believers, listen to what the Word of God says. Listen to what it says in, in, in verse 17. It says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, listen to this, so that through me, through me, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, God gave me strength to endure all of this because through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. Because through me, People are hearing the word of God. Through me, people are seeing my lifestyle and understanding that there's a God that forgives and a God that can change. Through me, God is using me, my life, to be an impact to somebody else. There's no way you can give up now. People have been watching you. Because people, people have been watching you, Timothy. People believe because they saw the change in my life. People believe because they knew who I was. And they've seen the change. People have changed their ways and have followed my footsteps to the cross because if the cross was big enough and good enough and powerful enough to change Paul who was a sinner who was a murderer who was the one that would get letters from the governor and show up at a house and say you're a Christian and I have a warrant for your arrest and if God could, could, could change you Paul I, I'll follow your footsteps to the cross because then God undoubtedly can change me. How many people were changed? How many people began to follow Paul because of what he shared and what he portrayed and what he lived and the change? This salvation is bigger than just you and what Jesus did in your life. People have seen the change. People are seeing the change. People are, are, are watching and people are, 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 you have people that have come because they saw the change in your life. You have people that, that are serving God because you testify to them. You have people believing in God because you took time to minister in their need and they gave their lives to the Lord. Timothy, you can't give up now. What would you do if I gave up now? How many people would walk off the cliff because they're following the life of Jesus and they're following me as a disciple that they are? And how many of them would walk off because I walked off and gave up? He said, you got too many people watching. You've talked to too many people. 
You've said to too many people, you're a Christian and Jesus can help you. Remember, remember, Timothy, you've told them, oh, Jesus has the answer. Jesus can be with you. Jesus will comfort you. Oh, I know that. And you're going to go ahead and give up now? You're going to go ahead and throw in the towel now? When your life through the life of Jesus has impacted other people? When they've seen a Christ like change in you, and now you're going to say that it's not worth it? When you've received God's power on your life, healing power, and now you're going to say, I'm throwing in the towel? When you came broken and God restored your marriage, and now you're going to go ahead and throw the towel? You got too many people involved. You've got too many people involved in this. They've followed you. They've heard you. They've believed in who you believed. And you're going to go ahead and say, oh, it's, it's a joke? Paul is saying, you got to keep going on because you got too many people. He said, through me, I was able to share the gospel to the Gentiles that it may be fully proclaimed. God saved you so that through your saved life, others would be impacted and others would be encouraged. God saved you that through your mess and everything, they have hope that if God can, can heal you and that God could save you and that God could turn your life around with all the mistakes and all the mess and all the drama and all the issues that you have, if there's a God big enough to turn your life around, that God must be big enough to be able to turn my life around and people have been impacted by your testimony, by your, and you're going to go ahead and give up now? Paul says, can't do that. You've you got too many people watching. He says, you must go on because you have a future. The Bible says in verse 18, it says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil attack, will preserve me until his heavenly kingdom. You've got a future that's way beyond what you could think and imagine. It's not what you're thinking and imagining here. You have a, he will preserve you. He will deliver you, but he will preserve you. It says, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Doesn't end here. Doesn't stop here. He's going to preserve you for his heavenly kingdom. There is a future beyond this that you can imagine. It's called heaven. Where you have loved ones there where you have family there, where you have friends that are there already. He says, you have a, a future. Don't throw it away. You got to keep on going on. Paul says, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I know we all go through situations where we, we feel and we want to give up. I've been there many a times. 
But when I think of the lives that we have impacted, I don't want to be a stumbling block to them. God can give me the strength to endure, to be an example. I've got kids. I've got now a grandkid. Oh, your grandpa used to be a pastor. Yeah, he died, but did you know that before he died, he threw everything away because he couldn't handle that situation? Uh, he, he, he didn't go on. He was a quitter. Oh, wow, I got a lot to look forward to in my genes. There's quitting in me. I can do great things only to end up as a quitter. Wow. There's too many people at stake. But at the end of everything, Paul is saying, and he writes later on, and he says, hey, hey, I, I, let me read to you. We read in verse 13, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Bring my scrolls and especially the parchment, parchments. Three things he asked for. When you come see me, you got to keep going on. But, but, but when you come see me, I want you to bring me these three things. I want you to bring me my cloak. I want you to bring me Another translation says, my books, here it's the scrolls, and then he says, parchments, and I'll close with this. Why the cloak? Why not buy him a new one? Why are you going to go ahead and bring back a cloak that I left three years ago over there? You ready for this? There are some things that the enemy has kept from you for years. And God is going to release them and bring them back to you because they didn't belong to him. Your kids, your spouse, your family that have been held, he's going to bring, there comes a day where you're going to bring them back to you. It's nothing new, but it's new because it's coming back. God is bringing back what was held. That, that, that money that you lost for a bad business deal back, bring it I don't, know, I don't know if somebody's understanding me today. He's a God that brings things back. Nothing new. It's been yours all the time. It was just held up by the enemy and it was left and forgotten by others, even maybe forgotten by you, but God did not forget it. And so here Paul is telling Timothy, I, I, I left a cloak over there. Could you go ahead and bring it back? It's been over there, held up for two, three years, whatever. Could you bring that back to me? I'm here to tell somebody that if you could be faithful and you can trust God and serve God in, 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 in hell or high water, that God is going to encourage and God is going to reward your efforts of 
keep moving forward and keep going on despite of those that have abandoned you, that have given up on you, despite of those that have hurt you and have betrayed you, despite that you feel that you're all alone, despite that you've got to even forgive people in spite of all of that. God is going to bring some things from the past. I'm not talking about problems. I'm not talking about your bad mistakes of that past. I'm talking about the things that the enemy held from the past that belongs to you. It's going to come to you like an avalanche and God is going to bless you only because you've been determined to keep going on in the midst of trial. Bring back my cloak. Second thing he asked for is bring back bring back my scrolls, my books. It says that even though I'm going through this season, I can't stop learning. I've got to keep my mind focused. I've got to keep my mind uh, on track. Bring me my writings and bring me, I, 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 even in this dungeon, I want to be able to keep my mind focused on what God has planned for me, on the plans that God has for me, on the things that God is going to give me even when this life is over. But until then, I want to read and know that God is faithful, that God is true, that God is, I, I want you, I want to keep my mind mind fresh. I want to keep my mind alert. I want to keep my mind ready. I want to keep my mind as much as I can. I don't want to lose my mind because you can lose your mind with the trials and the uh, situation that you go through. You can go crazy. He said, I don't want to lose my mind. I want to keep it sharp and I want to keep it fresh. Bring me the books. Some of you need to find some new books to read. Some of you need to find and download some good books in your iPad and in your, in your Kindle and, and in your iPhone. Books that are going to encourage you. Books that are going to inject faith in you. Books that are going to tell you you've got to keep going on. You've got what it takes to keep going on. The last thing he says, bring me the parchments. Parchments are basically sheets of paper. He says, I, I need for you to, to, to bring me some paper. And you would say, well, why would he want paper? Because there's a story I've got to tell for the next generation. There's a story that I've got. This New Testament in your Bible, almost all of it was written by Paul. And he's writing to you everything from his testimony, his conversion, to becoming a missionary, to opening up churches, to being in a cell and seeing the power of God shake that jail and open all the doors of all the prisoners that was there at midnight while he prayed and at midnight while he sang. He's writing things. He's telling you how he was stoned and how he de God delivered him even by having to be lowered down in a basket. All those were parchments. I've got a story I've got to tell because there's another generation should the Lord tarry and that comma, they need to be encouraged just like I am encouraging you Timothy, they need to know that there is a way when there seems to be no way and that God is an expert of making a way when there is no way, I've got to write down what God has done in my life because somebody may go through that and feel that there's no hope but when they read my story, they will know there's a God that's not afraid of your problem, that's not afraid of your sickness that's not afraid of your challenges there's a God, I've got a story that I've got to write, bring me some paper so that I can write it. My question to you is, what story are you writing? Did I quit? Did I throw in the towel? 
Did I stop going to church? I don't believe that stuff anymore. What story are you writing of the power of God that you have experienced in your life? Paul says, I, I don't know how many days I've got left. I don't know how many weeks. I don't even know if I've got a month. But if you can get here, Timothy, bring me my jacket just so that I can know God is faithful and he's bringing me back what, what I had left in the past, uh, my blessings. and my, I want you to bring me my books. I've got to keep my mind fresh and alert, but bring me some paper because I've got to write before I'm out of here. And even today, I'm writing or preaching on one of his letters that he wrote to Timothy. What letter, what writings, what story are you leaving for others to read, to be encouraged, and to know that the God that made a change in your life can make a change in their life? What's interesting is that Paul says we are open letters read by all. You are that parchment. You are that sheet of paper. And we're read. We are read by all. All those that see us, all those that know us, are reading us. And they're reading the letter that we're leaving them. They see how you react. They see how you respond to trial, criticism, and problems. They see all of that. Because you're God's parchment. You're that sheet of paper that you write out your story by how you act and how you respond in diverse and adverse situations of your life. Paul says, Timothy, I'm about to be sacrificed. I fought the good fight. I have ran the race, and I have kept the faith. But if you're going to make it in this Christian walk, please understand that there will be moments when nobody will be there for you. It's not a time to quit. It's a time to trust God. Please forgive those that have hurt you. It's not worth holding on to them. It's like carrying a chain and ball. It's not worth it. It's allowing your past to kidnap your present and totally abolish your future. It's not worth it. Forgive. And then, please know that people are watching you. You can't give up. They're watching you. You've preached to them. You've brought uncomfort or, or made them uncomfort with uncomfortable when, when, when you spoke to them about Jesus and his love and, and they believed. There's too many people following you got too many followers. They may not be on Facebook, but you got followers. You have a future. It's a future bigger than what you, could not, you and I could imagine here. This is nothing. 
Our future is with the Lord. So would you encourage somebody around you and just say, don't give up. You got to keep going on. You got to keep going on. Because if you keep going on, he'll bring you the things that you left that were yours in the past. If you keep going on. He'll bring revelation, books, material that will help you to continue enduring those tough times. And you keep going on. You'll have a story to tell that will impact the next generation behind you. Would you stand to your feet at this time?